Heavenly Father, we pray that you would indeed sow your word in our hearts, that it would spring up to eternal life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. got a question for you this evening as we start to think about Psalm 65 together. And the question is this, which is your favourite harvest hymn? Uh, We have uh, sung a good number of harvest hymns over the weekend. Uh, If the rest of the choir or anything like me were a bit sung out by now, uh, we've sung that much. And I hope that at some point we have sung your favourite hymn harvest hymn. If not, then you can let me know on the way out and we'll try to sing it next year. Or, here's the other alternative, or you can sing a verse of it for us all in the hall after the tea. Uh, How does that sound? No, you're not so sure about that. Uh, No, don't worry, we will not make you do that. Do come in for a cup of tea Uh, Afterwards, You're safe to do that and will not make anyone sing. Uh, The harvest season has its own section uh, in the hymn book uh, with lots of hymns written to sing around this time of the year. Some, uh, like Come Ye Thankful People, Come, uh, they help us to call one another uh, to worship and to praise. Others, like Good is the Lord. Help us to remind one another of God's goodness to us. But some harvest hymns are directly addressed to God. And our last hymn does that tonight. God, whose farm is all creation, take the gratitude we give. Our psalm tonight, Psalm 65 on page 580. Uh, is a harvest song addressed directly to God. In the closing verses, we see the abundance of God's goodness in the harvest, with grasslands and hills, meadows and valleys, all surveyed and celebrated. But before you get your wellies on to go and have a look at all the harvest, David begins closer to home. In Zion itself. In verses 1 to 4, we see that God is the God of Zion. So, where is Zion? Zion is another name for the city of Jerusalem, the city that God had chosen to be the place where his name would dwell in the Old Testament, in the temple that would be built by David's son, Solomon. And we see here that God is the God of Zion. Look at it with me. Praise await you, O God, in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. O you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. The God of Zion is worthy to be praised. And praise awaits him. It's coming his way. It's stored up, ready for him. His people have promised that they will indeed praise him. They have made vows to him. And their vows will be fulfilled. 
Nothing will keep them back and nothing will stop them from praising God. All of them are committed to coming to God. And do you see how God is described there uh, in verse 2? O you who hear prayer. God is the one who hears prayer. No matter how weak we may be, no matter how faint our faith may be, no matter how quiet our prayer may be, God will hear it. And God has heard their prayer, God has heard their vows and has answered them. And the prayer that God has heard and answered is, in this instance, one of confession. Look at verse 3 with me. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. I wonder, have you ever felt like that? You see, sometimes we can be quite happy uh, with our sins. We play with them, we get comfortable with them, we indulge in them. But here the people of God were overwhelmed by them. They were despairing in their sinfulness. They were weighed down by this sinfulness of sin. But they had cried for mercy and God heard and forgave their transgression. And as they experience the joy of sins forgiven, they also experience the full measure of God's grace. You see, God doesn't just wipe away our sins and and leave us with a blank slate so that we're back to neutral, back to zero again. God is amazingly generous in giving us his grace, in bringing us into relationship with him. The psalm says, verse 4, Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You see, God doesn't just forgive our sins and then leave us in isolation. He brings us to himself to be with him, to live with him. You see, when we trust him, we are given a new identity and a new address. We are in Christ. It's no wonder that we are called to praise the God of Zion, who hears our prayer and forgives our sin. But God is not just the God of Zion. He is the God of the whole world. In fact, the God of the whole universe. And that's what we see in the next section of the psalm. God is the God of the whole world. Verse 5. You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest sea. God hears our prayers and God answers them with awesome deeds of righteousness. God acts entirely in line with his character to save, 
and to act righteously. And he is the only God who saves. He is the hope of the whole world, the only hope of the whole world. You see, there are many other so-called gods with a small g and many other religions. But the only hope of the whole world is the one true living God. He is the God who made everything and controls everything and calms everything. Verse 6, speaking about God, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The mountains which seem so strong and so sure, they are there because God put them there in his strength. The seas, which to the Israelites were dangerous and fearsome because they were constantly in motion, because they were dangerous. Well, only God can still the seas with a word, as we see in the Gospels. And only he can still the turmoil of the nations. It feels as if we're living in the middle of the turmoil of the nations right now, doesn't it? Like the sea, it seems that we're back and forward and here and there and we don't really know what the outcome will be or where we'll end up politically or economically or morally. But God can still the turmoil of the nations. He can grant peace as we put our hope in him who is the hope of all the world. Did you notice the contrast though between those who are near to God in verse 4, blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts and those who are far away in verse 8. Those living far away fear your wonders where morning dawns and evening fades you call forth songs of joy the picture is of people who live far away from Zion people in other nations who do not know the Lord they see the wonders of God the snow and the hail the thunder and lightning ferocious winds and hurricanes earthquakes and everything else and they fear but through his creation God is telling them there is a God. He is calling them to praise. Even where the morning dawns and the evening fades. In the farthest east and the farthest west. You see it's in Jesus that those who were far away are now brought near. That's what Paul tells us in our second reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Jesus died to bring peace with God and with one another by bringing us who are far away from Zion, by bringing us into God's family, by building us into God's temple. 
And that's what God has done. And it's doing in us and among us. We who live where David would have imagined that the evening faded because we're so far west. Yet here we are singing songs of joy because we have been saved. Because we have put our hope in the hope of all the earth. The God of Zion is the God of the whole earth. And he is also the God of harvest. While we acknowledge the hard work that farmers do, particularly in difficult and dangerous circumstances, the farmers couldn't do what they do without God's oversight and provision. Verse 9 says, You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with corn. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with sharks and bless its crops. God is the one who provides the water to grow the crops that we need to survive. Without the water, we wouldn't have any crops. And so Psalm 65 recognises God's vital role in producing any kind of harvest. But this isn't just any kind of harvest. This isn't even a Marks and Spencer's kind of harvest. You know, there are ads where this isn't, you know, just normal Sunday dinner. This is Marks and Spencer's Sunday dinner. This is God's good harvest. For he provides so richly. Verse 11. You crown the year with your bounty. And your carts overflow with abundance. Bounty and abundance. The crown of the whole year. At the cherry on top. With so much in fact that as the carts take in the produce, they are overflowing, they are spilling, Uh, there is so much of it. And that's the picture right across the whole countryside in verse 12 and 13. The grasslands of the desert overflow, the hills are clothed with gladness, the meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with corn. They shout for joy, and sing. I don't normally get to see Country Fire because it's on on a Sunday evening when I'm getting ready for church, but it's a bit like an episode of Country Fire. Surveying the countryside at those wide angle shots that you see at everything growing. Because here, everywhere you look, there is abundance and plenty. The hills and valleys have been clothed. They have been mantled in their new season's fashion. They've got dressed up. They're ready to sing and shout for joy. The God of the harvest is gracious and generous in his provision of plenty in the fields. He is gracious and generous in his power over all of his creation. 
He is gracious and generous as he hears our prayer and forgives our sins. If even the valleys shout for joy and sing, will you give him your praise? Will you join in with their chorus? Will you give your life to him who is the hope of all the world? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are the God of Zion, the God of the whole world, the God who so richly provides in harvest. Father, we lay our lives before you. We join our voices to sing. We pray that that you would help us to trust in you, to know the hope that only you can give. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.